Hey, this is Pastor Rafael Rodriguez. Welcome to Restore 2020 Podcast. Go ahead and choose a message. Be empowered, be equipped, be prepared to change your world for Christ Jesus. God bless you. Hey, Hungry for God's Word people. I just wanted to share a quick word with you. I know it's getting kind of late and it's been a busy day for me. It's been a busy day for a lot of people. But there's a word I want to share with you that I shared earlier in my podcast. And check that out. It's called Restore 2020. You can find it on Apple Podcasts and it's right there for you. But I wanted to go ahead and go live with this particular message because it's a message that's been on my heart. I've been wanting to share this for quite a while. been waiting on, on doing this and I'm just so excited to share this word that I have for you. And I just want to thank you guys real quickly. We're up to 88 likes. Thank you very much for being supportive. You guys are awesome. Our goal is to be by 100 by the end of this uh, month, going into April. April 1st is on Wednesday, so spread the word. We got 88 likes, so keep on spreading the word. Let people know that we are needing 100 likes to get to the goal that we have projected for this month. And I thank you guys for doing your best and spreading the word and let people know about our Hungry for God's Word page. And so quickly, I'm going to share from this because I don't have much time. I'm going to share this quickly um, out of Mark chapter 4. And this is a message that's going to challenge you to see where you're at personally. Where are you, where's your heart at? Where, what challenges are you faced with during this COVID-19 pandemic? Um, it's going to challenge you to check yourself, to see where you're at, how you're responding to the craziness of this world, how you're responding to the challenges that we are faced right now. And so it's going to challenge you, it's going to encourage you, but what I want to be the main goal is for you to go back and see where you're at with God. After I break this down, explain this to you, I want you to go back and see where you stand with God. Get on your time alone. Be with Him one-on-one. Here's what the Lord is doing right now. He's causing everything to stop for a reason. He wants you to get alone with Him. He wants to share something with you. He has a word that he wants to share with you personally, and so he wants to, you to slow down. Spend time with your family. You know, on my page, you have ideas to play games with your kids. On my page, you also have ideas to pray. There's prayer points on there that you can use during this time. But he also wants you to be still and know that he is God. He has a word that he wants to share with you. He's causing everything else to slow down. Your job may have stopped. Your, your life may be on the standstill, but he wants you to get alone in your prayer closet. Get alone. And this is my prayer closet. I'm going to flip it over real quickly. That's my prayer closet right down. Get alone in your prayer closet. Seek God's face. Get on your hands and knees. Get into his word. This is where I got this particular uh, message I'm going to share with you today from his word by getting along with him and it challenged me and so I have to share it with you tonight. So here's what I want to say on uh, Mark chapter 4. Um, the, the new, this is coming out of the New King James Version of the Bible. That's my weapon of choice. The Bible is a weapon. It's a, it's a word of God. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. It cuts down to bone and marrow. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It gets through and cuts down deep. And this message is going to cut down deep tonight because I want you to be encouraged but also be challenged at the same time. So Mark chapter 4 says this, And again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, it, sat in it on the sea. He goes on the boat, he sat down in it. The whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables, and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to show, so... And it happened, as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, 
and immediately it sprang up because he had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because the sun was, because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Now I'm going to break that down for you. What does that mean? 34, 60, and 100. And he says this, verse 9 says this, this is powerful. He said, and then he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. What he's saying is, listen to the word that I, the Lord, am sharing with you. Remember, Jesus is the living word. He was the living word, and he's saying, listen to what I have to say. This has to apply to every single one of the people that were listening to him, his disciples, those who were listening to the sermon. And he has four different types of seeds that was um, brought down in different types of ground, wherever it may be, and he's sharing the, 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 the differences between those types of seeds that were planted in various ground and what it looks like. So I'm going to go ahead and skip down to verse 13, where he begins to explain this to, to everybody, because when, par when Jesus shared the parables, often it was hard for people to understand. But those who knew him, knew him, had a relationship with him, had a following him, they had a better understanding of what he was saying because their eyes were open and they were able to not only see with their eyes, but they were able to see with their spiritual eyes and know that what he was saying and it hit home with them. Because oftentimes his messages had to do with the situation, the culture of the day. He used a lot of farming stuff because farmers were, were around. That was, that was prevalent. That was, a, that was a career that many people had. He had fishing um, parables and different things like that, coins and different things, so he could be relevant and connect with the people of his day. So this one has to do with farming and seed. So, so he could have explained this in verse 13. It says this, And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? In a sense, this is saying, like, if you don't understand this one, you're not going to understand any of them. This is the foundational parable, the foundational message that I'm sharing with you, and he's saying, this is Jesus saying this, I'm sharing with you, if you don't understand this, then you're missing it. You're missing it all entirely, you're not understanding this, and, but I'm gracious, I'm merciful, and I'm going to break it down for you, and I'm going to explain it to you, this is Jesus speaking, I'm going to explain this to you so you can have a better understanding of what I mean by this parable. So it's a foundational thing. It's, it's something that they have to understand in order to check their heart and see where they're at in their relationship with him, see where they're at in honoring God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so once they get to understand what that looks like, then they can have a better understanding of where they're at in their hearts, where they're at in their relationship with him. And that's what my challenge is for you. I want you to check your heart and see where you're at tonight. Here it goes. The sower sows the word. Now the sower could be him the disciples, the messengers, the people who preach the word of God now, they sow the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. This is the second one he's talking about. Who when they hear the word, immediately receive with it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the world's worst sake, immediately they stumble. So once situations storms begin to come around, they stumble. 
Now these are the ones sown among thorns. That's the third type. They are the ones who hear the word and care in the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Hmm. But these are the ones sown on good ground, number four. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear its fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some one hundredfold. Now I'm going to break this down for you. He's starting with the first seed in verse 15. Okay, the first, very first one, or the first seed that was planted in this type of soil. And this soil is known as the wayside soil. These are the seeds whose heart become hard. These are the people who are stubborn and unbroken, who are determined to say no to Jesus. They already made a determination. They already made, in their heart, they already decided, I'm not going to follow Jesus no matter what. Their hearts are hard. Okay, these are the seeds that are on, on the wayside, and they're just falling away, and they're just determined, no matter how who's going to share it, how it's shared, who's prophesying, who's speaking, who's, who's praying for them, they are determined that they are not going to listen to Jesus. They're going to say no right away, automatically. But then Satan, who is pictured by the bird, in verse 15, talks about the bird. That's Satan. He snatches away the word of God. He takes it away from them. Every little bit of chance that the word is planted in their heart, here comes Satan and he snatches it away and takes it away from them because they may not be listening, but they don't want to receive. They don't want to embrace that. They don't want to take that to heart and apply it to their lives. And so he comes quickly and snatches away the word of God. The stubborn and unbroken are unmoved and untroubled by the message of the gospel. The stubborn and unbroken are unmoved and untroubled by the message of the gospel. They don't want to hear it. Even in times like these with the coronavirus. And this is the time that everybody's searching for answers. Looking, to, looking for what could be next. And how can this situation turn and change and turn around. And they're convinced. They're like, you know what? God, they're mad at God and blaming Him for it. And let me tell you something. We're not to blame God about this. We need to seek Him. We need to draw to Him. We need to worship Him. We need to come to Him with a heart of, of, of abandon. A heart turned to Him and fixed to Him. To, in order for him to continue to minister to us in such a time as this. This is the time that we need to run to the Lord rather than away from him. But stubborn people, unbroken people, people who are unmoved and untroubled by the gospel, they are different and, and insensible to the gospel. They're indifferent, insensible to the gospel. They don't want, they're like, whatever. The world could be blown up all around them and they're just determined, like, I'm just not listening. I'm not believing this whole deal. He's the reason why we're going through this. No, he's not. It's not Jesus' fault. It's not. He's not the reason. He's the one we need to turn to when we are looking for, in this hopeless time, when we need a transformation, when we need things to turn around. He's the one that we need to go to and seek out for help. Now, I'm going to go ahead and go to verse 16 to 17. This one's talking about the stony ground. These people make a superficial, superficial response to the Word of God. Sometimes in an emotion of a fervent gospel appeal. They make a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. They do it out of emotion. They hear this great message. They get excited. They get the goosebumps. and like, woo, praise God. And jumping up and down and excited about it. And so they make a superficial response to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it is just a mental ascent. 
They just do it here, but it doesn't here. They make a commitment here, but it's not hitting in the heart. They're not making a commitment, a true commitment. And so there's no real commitment of who Jesus is. These people seem to go on with fire. They fired up. They're excited. They could be lit for Jesus Christ. Okay? They're gone for a while. But when the tribulation or persecution arises, because of their half-hearted profession of Jesus, they decide that the cost is too great, too great and abandon the whole truth. They claim to be Christians as long as it's popular to be one, to be one, but persecution exposes their unreality. They claim to be Christians when it's popular, but when persecution comes, when the storms of life come, when the challenges and difficulties like we're facing right now, which is pandemic come, they choose to walk away entirely because they made a superficial commitment in the first place. You ever notice some people in church, every church has them, when they're going through a battle, and they may be there for a couple of times, brother so-and-so, pray for me, sister so-and-so, pray for me, I'm going through this battle, woe is me, and they constantly going through this battle, and they're not seeing the quick results, they're not seeing the quick changes right away, and so what happens, they begin to get discouraged, and they begin to walk away from the church, and all of a sudden, they disappear, and you don't see them, you don't hear from them, you don't see not, hear nothing about them, you try to reach out to them, they don't want nothing to respond, they don't want nothing to do with the church, they don't want nothing to do with God, and those are the kind of people who have made a superficial commitment, who were not, they made a commitment, they accepted Christ here, but they never went here, and because of the trials and tribulations that they're faced with, maybe for whatever reason, maybe God wants to strengthen their faith, maybe God wants to encourage them, so he allows the situations to happen, but instead of responding by going to him, instead they turn their back against him, they walk away, and they have nothing to do with him. And so, I want to challenge you. Where are you at? Where are you at with Jesus? Where are you at with your relationship with Christ? Where are you at personally right now, this very moment, when everything is crazy? There's shelters in place in many states where you cannot go outside and you got to be 10 feet away from a person or 6 feet away from a person. You have to practice social distancing. You have to be careful. In our particular place right now where we live, they say that there's shelter in place that you're not to be around anybody but your family. And so you, you're a social person. You, you, you're a social butterfly, you know, you, you, you're an extrovert, you have to be around people all the time, and, and now that's taken away from you, so where are you at? How are you responding to that? Are you losing faith and trust in God the more you hear this news, Fox News, CBS, ABC, you hear all these news around you? Are you losing faith and trust in God because you keep hearing these things? Okay, listen to the news. Get informed about what's going on. But I'm going to encourage you to get into the Word of God. Listen to the Word of God. Spend time with God so that you can be filled with the message and the gospel of hope and the peace that Jesus brings. And that can turn your situation around for your glory. The more you expose yourself to the truth, the more the truth is going to resonate with you. The more the truth is going to sink deep into your heart. And the more it's going to transform your life. I'm telling you, it's going to make a difference in your life. It's going to make a huge difference in your life. The third one is the ones that the seed that fell into the thorny ground, the thorny ground. This is verses 18 to 19. It says, These people also make a promise, promising start to outward appearances. They seem to be true believers, but they then they become preoccupied with business, with worldly worries, with the lust to become a big name. They lose interest 
in spiritual things until finally they abandon any claim to be Christians at all. These are the people they make a promise and start. Outwardly, they look like the, the strongest believers. They, they, they volunteer for all the, the events at the church. They volunteer for the community services. They're the first one there. They're the last one there cleaning up. They're going out there for community outreach. They're selling tickets for your concert. They're there opening the doors for you. They're served as greeters. They serve as prayer people. And they look all spiritual. They look like they're prepared and they're all gone whole. But when they face the moment of persecution, when they face the moment of challenges, when they face the moment of difficulties, that's where the true test comes. And so they are, like, in a sense, living works righteously. Okay? They're living in a relationship with Jesus based on the works. And they can't, oh, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing this for the church, and I'm doing that for the church. And they're getting busy with that and, and the busyness of the world. And then they get focused on their job and, and their career and how they want to get to the next level and come climb up the corporate ladder. And they begin to compromise because, you know, it's not popular to be a Christian at their job. And so they begin to compromise here and compromise there. And to ultimately, they completely turn their backs against the gospel. They completely turn their backs against the Lord because they were looking for self-gain rather than living for Jesus. Because their relationship was not built in faith in Christ. It was built on works righteousness. It was built on an outside appearance and how they look instead of a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. Now is the time where we can't go to church. Okay? And so when we can't go to church, we are the church, but now is the time we can't go to our place of worship and join with other believers and worship with them. You know what happens when you go to the place of worship when you go to your church, what happens is, most of the time, you all put our masks on. We put our guards up. We put this, this uh, persona. And we look like we're all together. And so we go to church and everybody thinks we're cool. And everybody thinks we're okay. And everybody thinks that we have it all together because we may, you know, we look, we play the role. We look, we get the busy. We get busy outwardly. And we, got, we know what the right words to say to people. And we know how to minister to people here and there. And so we put on this persona, but God has put a stop to all that for you to get with him alone. And now is the opportunity for you to get with him alone. Get broken. Unveil yourself. Get broken before the Lord. Take down the guard. Take down the persona. Take, out, take off the mask. You don't have to wear that with Jesus. Get broken with him. Get honest with him and share with him what is your biggest struggle, especially right now and this time where everything's crazy and we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the future holds. And you can get before him and say, Lord, this is where I'm at. This is my heart. I can get real with you because you love me and you know it anyway. You already know. And so I'm going to get real with you and I'm going to get broken before you. And I'm going to share with you my struggles during this, this pandemic. What's going on in my heart? What's going on in my mind? All this anxious anxiety and stress. I'm going to turn it over to you and let go and let God. And I guarantee you, when you let that guard down, when you take that mask off, God's going to minister to you so powerfully, so effectively. He's going to do something so great in your life that you're going to be completely transformed. I challenge you to get along with God and get broken and unveil yourself and, and share with Him what's in your heart because He already knows anyway, but He's waiting for you to confess that and bring it to, before Him. And I challenge you to do that. And I guarantee you, God's going to show up. He's going to do something great in your life. He's going to transform you. And you're going to be completely just renewed. Completely restored in a personal, intimate relationship with Him. Here's the fourth one, the final seed that was 
on the good soil. In verse 20, he says, Here, here's a, here's a definite acceptance of the word, no matter the cost. They definitely, they end for the long haul. Whether they lose their life, whether they lose money, whether they lose comfort, whether they lose popularity, these people are totally born again. They're truly born again. They are loyal people of God, the Lord and Savior. The world, the flesh, nor the devil can shake their confidence in Him. Because we get challenged by the, the lust of the world, the, cult, the, 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 the desires of the world. We get challenged by, by the temptations of the world. That doesn't get in the way. The flesh, we battle with the flesh, every single one of us. We battle with the flesh. The, fat, the flesh wants to take us away from God. And we struggle with the lust of the flesh. And, and it, it, it gets in a way of, our, of us, of our spirit, and, and how we want to draw closer to, to Him, to the Lord. And our flesh begins to pull on us and take us back. And the devil comes as a, as a roaring lion looking to who he can devour. So we got to battle the world, our flesh. And the devil, and these people, they are so fixated, they are so connected with God, that they cannot be shaken, and their confidence are only in God alone. They cannot be shaken, they cannot be convinced, otherwise their confidence is in God alone. I'm talking about the seed that was planted in the good ground. So here's the thing, I want to break down this 30-fold, this 60 and 100 even among the good ground hearers, those are the ones who respond, there are different degrees of fruitfulness. That's what the number signifies. Some bear 30-fold, some bear 60, some 100. So what determines the degree of the productivity? What determines the degree of the productivity is the life that is most productive it's the one that obeys the word of God quickly. It's the ones that when God puts something in their heart and they know it's true and it's been confirmed through scripture, if it's confirmed through the word of God, if it's confirmed through prayer, if it's confirmed for whatever way, they're the ones that respond quickly in obedience to do what God put in their heart to do. They're the ones that do it unquestioningly and with joy they do it. They are the, they are the ones who see more fruit due to their trust and faithfulness to God. So the fruit of your labor, whether you work at the school, whether you work in the in business world, whether you are a student, whether you are a minister of the gospel, wherever you are, when God tells you to do something that you know came from Him, and you respond in obedience, without question, you respond quickly, you respond joyfully, you're going to see the fruit of your labor. You're going to see how much you bless others, and God's going to bless you in return because of your faithfulness. So the question is, which one are you? Are you the seed that fell on the, the stony ground where the enemy could come and quickly snatch you up and take the word of God away from you? Are you the seed that fell on the, the thorny ground where where you're not going to produce much fruit and the cares of the world and the worry of this world is going to come at you and, and, and you're going to give up because you're, being, you're facing the challenges. Are you the one that fell on the wayside where the enemy can get you there as well and snatch you up? Or are you the seed that is planted on the good ground that no matter what situation, no matter what coronavirus or any situation you're faced with right now, 
you got to stand firm and believe and trust in God. Hey, I know so many, there's many ministers in New York City and Chicago that are currently battling the coronavirus. Some of them going through so much suffering so strongly that they can barely pray because they have pain in their body. They're, they're struggling, but they're holding on to God. They're trusting in God. They're believing in God. They're, they're seeing God moment by moment and moving in their situation. We had a missionary friend that served in Belgium. The wife was really ill. She had to get a respirator. She had to, they had to do a lot of things to her. She no longer needs a respirator. She's doing 100% better. God's moving mountains. He's doing great things in her life. Through this situation, there has been reports that um, somebody reported, a minister that I know in, in the state of Florida reported that he was told that Playboy magazine decided to shut down all productions of sales of Playboy because they figured that during this time, they would not make no money. It wouldn't be feasible. And so they decided to shut down the operation. See, God is moving and he's doing something and he's taking away the distractions that take people and, pull, and that the enemy uses to pull people away and to get them to fail their marriages and get them to fail in their relationship and get them to stumble and fall. He's taking that situation and turning around. The state of Ohio decided to cut down, shut down every abortion clinic because of this situation. See, God is moving. He's putting a stop to all those things that cause people pain, that cause people hurt, that cause people um, drama. He's putting a stop to that. People in spring break, spring breakers, are leaving early, most of them in Florida, leaving early because they're afraid of this coronavirus. You know what that says? God is moving. Imagine all those girls, all those young teenagers, boys and girls, who are willing to compromise just to have a good time with somebody from out of state. And God is moving in that situation. And every one of those young girls and every one of those young boys have been saved from compromising themselves to having a good time with these people from another state that went there for one purpose only and was to take advantage of these young girls and young men. See, God is taking this bad situation and he's turning around for his glory and he's moving mountains. And, you know, don't, don't give up. Don't let the, 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 the everything that you hear in the news be the final say. The one who has the final say is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the one that has the final say and he is in control. And that's so I want to encourage you right now. Check your heart. Where are you? How's your relationship with Jesus? How's your relationship with God? Where are you at in your life personally? And I'm going to ask you to pray with me. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me right now. We bow our heads and close our eyes. Pray with me. Dear Jesus, tonight, on this day, March 29th, 2020, I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. And on this day, I want to serve you for the rest of my life. Help me to be the seed that falls on the good ground. So that when I face trials and tribulations, because everybody will, I can stand firm and trust in you. That I will not be swayed by the world, by my flesh, or by the devil. But I will continue to walk with you all the days of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you pray that prayer for the first time, welcome to the family of God. Get Find yourself a good church to watch online on Facebook. Find yourself to be around, um, you know, get some um, resources on the U Bible, U version, the Bible app. 
There's great stuff on there. You can actually do devotions with people on the Bible app. You could join a personal prayer plan or a Bible reading plan, and other people could be a part of that. Some churches are hosting that. But find a good place to get connected, whether it's online or through the Bible app. I wish I could say you could go to a church um, <laughs> in person. The time will come and we'll be able to do that, and we'll get to celebrate God's goodness and, and, and celebrate what He's done and worship Him publicly. But when that time, before that time comes, connect with a Facebook Live um, church or the Bible app with a community that's there so that you can get fed and you can grow with your relationship with God. And there's times I share a lot of things here. I'm hungry for God's Word. There's, there's messages I share. There's devotions I share. There's all kinds of stuff. Be on the lookout for that and let people know. Let people know to, to like this page so that we can continue to get past our 88. But thank you very much for those of you who did. Spread the word so we can be encouraged, especially in this time that we're facing right now. God bless you guys. God's up, up to something good. He's going to move the mountains in your life. Trust Him. Go before the Lord. After you listen to this, get into your prayer closet. Ask God, where are you at? What challenges you face with? Be with Him. Get broken before Him. Share your heart so that He can do something new in your life. God bless you. Have Thank you for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on the podcast or share it with somebody by taking a photo and send it by text message or share it with the link below and they'll be able to click on it and enjoy the message as well. Thank you very much. I'll see you next time.